Part 1 The Tragedy Chapter 1 The Crash I woke up covered in glass, a deployed airbag lying lifeless in my lap. Looking up, I could barely see through the smoke and the thick clouds of fiberglass in the air. As the fog cleared, I was able to make out a huge hole in my windshield. There was a sharp metallic smell mixed with the pungent odor from my car's fluids. What just happened? I looked down and saw I was covered with glass and my own blood. Panic rushed over me as I looked around, confused. Suddenly, a friend was prying open my passenger side door. I remembered what had just happened and began to panic. Who did I hit? My friend, Blake, opened my car door as he tried to calm me down. Can you move your feet? he asked. Blake was a few years older than I was, and someone I had always looked up to. He and I were in the theater department at school for his senior year, and both worked as lifeguards. You didn't hit anyone, just some trees, he said. He told me that he needed to get me out of the car. There was a lot of smoke and it looked like it might catch fire. He dragged me from the car and put me down in the grass as I continued to panic. No! I hit somebody! Who did I hit? The grass was cold. The dew had set in and the fog was lowering. I kept trying to sit up as I watched Blake run to the front of my car. What just happened? What had I done? Blake came back from the front of my car and ran past me and jumped a four-foot fence separating my parents' cul-de-sac and the road I was lying next to. Other people began jumping the fence, and chaos erupted in the strange silence as I fought to stay conscious. I heard screaming, crying, and someone was yelling, He's not breathing! Firemen began to arrive at the scene. The one who was administering first aid to me started asking me a lot of questions, but I was knocked on the head pretty hard and too confused to answer most of them. I could tell the fireman was greatly disturbed by the situation. He was pretty rough with me. Is my friend okay? I asked. He snapped back at me. I'm not worrying about him right now. I'm worrying about you. I remember my dad, a lawyer, leaning into my ear and whispering, Don't say anything. My dad was a helicopter pilot and a veteran who had served in Vietnam. Later, he told me that what he saw at the scene was worse than anything he had seen during his time in the war. I lay in the grass, covered in glass and blood. I was unable to move much on my own. I was terrified, and I didn't know what was going to happen. As they put me in the ambulance, I heard my sister let out an awful, blood-curdling scream as the ambulance doors closed. She had arrived on the scene, saw my car, and thought I was dead. When we got to the hospital, they immediately began brushing the glass off me, running tests, asking questions, and trying to figure out if I had any major internal injuries. My father was there with me the entire time, telling anyone who asked me a non-medical question that I was not going to say anything. I kept asking the same two questions to my dad, nurses, and practically anyone else. Who did I hit? Is he okay? I had narrowed it down to either James or John, and I wanted to know if he was okay, but no one would tell me anything. I was desperate and frustrated. Over the next few hours, doctors and nurses tended to me. The sterile smell of the hospital mixed with the stench of drying blood in my nostrils. I had faded in and out of consciousness, but for the most part, they kept me awake. At one point, they took me in for a CT scan to make sure I didn't have any serious internal injuries. 
a police officer came along to help them. Later, I realized that since I was going to be charged as a criminal, they wanted to keep an eye on me. When I got into the room and they moved me from the gurney to the table for a scan, a matchbox fell out of my pocket. The police officer asked me if there was any pot in it. Fortunately, there wasn't, and I told him he could look if he wanted. He asked me how much I had to drink. I responded, I want my lawyer. He immediately backpedaled and said that would not be necessary, that he was just wondering. Not long after I returned to the emergency room from my CT scan, a tall state trooper walked into my hospital room. The darkness of his uniform and the formality of his tone left little doubt as to why he was there.